What can you do to improve your writing and build your network as a part of it? As a creative and professional writer, my time post-college graduation was just that. Difficult to keep an upward learning curve that honed my craft and connected me with others in the field. So today, join me on a quest to connect writers to the experiences they need with top authors, editors, and publishers ready to share their methods for success. Become a part of a new elevated selection for publishers and debunk the myth that while writing is a solo act, being a writer is not always solitary. Am I right? Hey there, word wizards! Welcome back to another episode of Am I Right? Um, I've got a very unique, very young and fabulous writer on today to talk to us a little bit about her journey with writing and publishing um, during her high school career. Um, And I think it's going to be really um, unique and fun and new for us. So um, without further ado, Caroline, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, Caroline uh, has a pretty amazing bio. I'm going to read it here. She is a self-published author from the Woodlands, Texas, though she is going somewhere else for college soon, as we have (laughs) discussed off air, um, and has been telling stories all of her life. Her first novel is The Amnesia Experiment. It's a sci-fi retelling of post-World War Cinderella, which you had me at Cinderella, when it was released the summer before junior, her junior year of high school. And now that she's graduated, she's continuing her exploration of science fiction and diving deeper into the arts of weaving words, which is perfect because I like to call people on here the wordsmiths. So, <laughs> Caroline, we um, chatted a little bit off air, and uh, one of the things that I just thought was really really impressive was that you found time um, to to write a whole book while being in high school, while having all these activities coming up. Um, I know we did have some COVID effects on our writing process. So would you be interested in just, just let us know, talk to us about how COVID affected your writing process, if it was beneficial for you, the things that were hard, um, and just tell us how you got to this point with this published book. Yeah. So I think in high school, I was so busy a lot of the times and there was a lot of like um, emotional drainage that I wasn't able to write as much as I wanted to. And I felt like that creativity was being stemmed a lot. But when I had time, which is usually during like holidays or winter break, those longer breaks, I was able to take some time for myself. And I think that was when writing was most enjoyable because it was like meeting a friend after a really long distance or time apart. And it makes that moment with your friend a lot more enjoyable, right? So I think that when I was writing all of that, just kind of that I took away um, when I was doing school stuff kind of just came flowing out. And it was really easy to write like that because I had wanted to return to writing for such a long time that during those breaks, I was able to do a lot more than I could have done in like um, a two month span where I was working or doing school stuff. And of course, COVID brought a lot of hard times for people. Um, but for me, I'm a pretty introverted person. So it kind of just gave me a space to be by myself and kind of alone with my thoughts and write what I wanted to. And um, we also talked about this um, before we came on, but I had like that really long spring break for us in high school. And it kind of just extended into the summer because of um, how we never returned to school, really. And that time was really great because I could I had a lot of time. Right. And I didn't know what to do with it. So I was either watching The Office or um, basically (laughs) writing out everything that I wanted to and polishing up. Um, something that I had been working on since freshman year. So, but at that point I already had quite a bit of a draft and COVID just gave me the time that I needed to polish it and make it um, as perfect as I wanted it to be and go through that self-publishing process. 
So, I mean, COVID has had an effect on a lot of us. And I think just in general, even if we're not talking about a global pandemic, there's times of just kind of creative desert where it's more of a struggle. Um, and I, you can push past writer's block. That is a thing that we all talk about. But um, what did you do to keep your creativity alive as you're, um, you know, it can't, you can't be an introvert still, but uh, I think there's times you need inspiration. So, so what were your processes for, for keeping that? Yeah, I think that um, a lot of creativity and inspiration comes from your own absorption of other creative works. And so reading, you know, reading books was like a big thing and um, watching movies and even TV shows, because I feel like everything in entertainment is about telling a story in whatever medium it is. So I absorbed a lot of stories during that time. And I remembered a lot of the stories that I read in the past that was already in my head. And that just created a sort of well of of creativity that I had and ideas and inklings that I wanted to put into the book that I was already writing. And um, that's just how I was able to fuel my creative juices for that. And I think a lot of people really encourage you to try to read books when you're like at a creative roadblock. And I get that. But if you like don't like reading something and you push yourself to keep reading it, I don't think that helps your creativity. I think it sort of like drains it a little bit. So I think you need to find what you actually like because you'll take certain archetypes from those things. Like whether it's like leading a revolution or the archetype of um, having a romance between childhood best friends. Like you don't have to have the whole storyline, but if you like the story, I think you take certain themes from it and that shows up in your work later on. So be less harsh on yourself. Do what you feel makes you feel creative and um, continue your, yeah, continue your pursuit of that. That's perfect. Um, A question that we have here um, on the show is um, it seems like there's an unwritten secret sauce to the successful writer, which of course is not true, Um, but there are (laughs) traits and tendencies that successful writers tend to have. I would definitely count publishing a book through high school and through a a pandemic as a success. Is there, um, from the people that you know as writers and from this publishing process that you've had to learn yourself, is there any trait or tendency that you have noticed that has contributed to your success? Yeah, um, I don't think I would count myself as some, someone as successful as, you know, the traditionally published writers. But something that I like to do when I was going through my process was I kept a separate document in my Google Drive about what I wanted to happen in my book and like character profiles and things that I mentioned that I didn't explain that I have to go back on. So to avoid any loose ends that I didn't tie up. So there was like a document that grew to be really long and I'm not, (laughs) I can organize this however you want, but I definitely planned out my plot. And what I tried to do was I didn't try to make it very intricate and detailed because I think that comes with writing it yourself later on. But I did write down like major events that I wanted to happen in the book and make sure that they were paced so that my reader didn't lose interest halfway through because it was going too slow or right at the beginning. So I had these major plot events that I wanted to happen, um, the characters, and then later on, I filled in the skeleton of that with just um, my pure enjoyment of writing it and describing how certain things were. So I think keeping organized and having a separate you know, spreadsheet or document for how you want things to happen can set a really clear vision for how you want your book or your you know, piece of work to turn out. Perfect. And so essentially she's both a plotter and a pantser. Um, 
giving yourself room for that for that creativity, but also keeping, uh, you know, the general arc under consideration, which is very similar to how I write, which is, you know, if it works for you, it works for you and you keep going with it. Um, So as I mentioned before, Caroline is self-published and there's definitely stigma with self-publications because of how it used to be, where if you didn't walk into the publisher's um, big building and hand them your manuscript to put in the slush pile, then that's about all the, the shot that you had. And that was the end of your writing career. But now that we've got the internet, now that we've got so many online publication options, um, were there any obstacles that you faced with self-publication that you didn't expect um, starting out? Yeah, I think that for self-publishing, it actually turned out a lot easier than I thought it would be. Um, It was very quick and I did it through Amazon. So everything was pretty much managed by myself. So I called the shots in what I wanted it to be formatted as like I chose my own font and everything. And then um, choosing a cover was also like a big part of that. But once you have all of those items, all you had to do was submit it to Amazon. They had to approve it obviously for um, content purposes. But then once that is finished, it's pretty quick. And then then your book is on the market. So it's a very fast, it was a quick process and that was easier for me. Um, I think that with self-publishing, like you said, like a lot of the stigma that comes with it, but I think honestly, self-publishing is if you have something to say and self-publishing is the fastest way for you to do it. And maybe you might not have like the resources or the time to go through like the whole process with like a publisher or a literary agent, or maybe you can't find one, but you feel like this is something, um, a calling for you to say something. Then I think self-publishing is a really good way to go about that because like you said, social media, the internet, everything is really fast nowadays and you can actually promote your book to a lot of people. Mm. And it's a good reminder that we write to make our voices heard, to tell the story that we want to read and, and most of us to touch people um, in mm. ways that you can't face to face with that many people. So, so write for the right reasons and uh, consider yeah. self-publishing as an option for um, reaching those people. As long as you're willing to put in the marketing work and um, I guess, handle things on your own. And it mm. sounds like it's more, it was more, the hardest part was more a process of, ensuring that the book was ready to be published before having to put it on, you know, through Amazon, because that was pretty quick. And I think without someone else to tell you, an agent to say, I don't think this is working or, or, uh, you know, I think you should try something else here. Um, Did you feel like you reached a point where it was totally ready? Um, And what were the indicators of that for you? Yeah, I don't personally think that um, a piece of work can ever be truly finished. I don't think we finish a piece of writing. It's just when it's, like you said, when it's ready to be shown to the world. I think Mm -hmm. I reached the point of um, this is done when I, well, I had completely rewritten my story. So originally my book started as like one draft that was written when I was younger. And then I was like, no, this isn't going to cut it. So I rewrote everything. And then after that second draft, I was like, okay, wow. Like, this is like, it has what I want in it. And then I went back to obviously like revise and edit and make sure that it flows a little smoother. But I think I reached a point like emotionally where this was, I felt like this is um, the compilation of my thoughts and it's, it's encapsulated well and gracefully. Um, And then I published it. So I guess the indicators were just, um, I don't have like a concrete indicator, but I did feel like this is a story that I am proud of and I want other people to see. And I'm curious what people think of it. And that was sort of like, wow, this is, it's done. But I do like want to comment a little on this because I was, 
it, so this was before junior year of high school when I published this. And now that I'm older, it's been like around two years. I think that sometimes I look back on that book and I'm like, I would not have written that if it was now. And I think that's part of growth as a writer, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to cringe at some of the things that you wrote. But for me at the time, it was the best work that I could have like accomplished. And I'm mm-hmm. confident in that. And I was confident in that back then. Like this was all that I could um, sustain and all that I could produce. And it was the best of me at that time when I was writing. And because of that, I'm proud that it's published. Not because now, like to my standards now, it's not very good, but I can create a new best work. So I think that it's okay to publish something that may not be perfect in the future, but to you right now, it was what you could do and the best of what you could do. And that's worthy to be read. Mm, there's our there's our plaque of the day, our plaque <laughs> of the episode right there. That's perfect. Uh, and I bring this up too because um, it's it is an ongoing process, and it's not something that I think anyone will ever feel like, oh, I've I've arrived, I've arrived yeah. at a finished manuscript. Right? It's it's always a constant. I mean, I've I have manuscripts I've worked on for seven years. I've had some that I only worked on for one. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and. And uh, I, I too had a self-published book in high school, although it was a children's book. And looking back on it, the cringe is definitely there. The cringe is there, right? And I think it's more, I love the way that you are are thinking of it, your line of thought, because it's not, you know, is this still quality work? It's look at how I've grown and and look at how this could apply to people who were my age and my thought process when I when I created it, when I released it to the world. Um, and I think too many people hold on to that manuscript and they don't make room for other ideas in their in their brain um, to, to start on other projects, new projects, different genres, whatever it is, um, because they're too worried about this first one um, and that it's not going to be complete enough. And I think it's always good to just take a step back and say, well, is this good enough? You know, is this good enough? Whether you're querying, whether, you know, self-publishing is the route for you or you want to just set that aside and try something new, your career isn't over with that publication, right? It's not over with that right. manuscript. You have right. a lot ahead of you and a lot of ideas and um, it, it's inspiring. So thank you for sharing that. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I was very impressed by your um marketing i suppose of this book um when i was searching just simple google searches um for recently released um young adult books yours came up in maybe the top 10 um oh. and beautiful cover you should all look at it um it's called the amnesia experiment it's very blue <laughs> it's very beautiful um and i just wondered if you had any thoughts on for those who are interested in the self publishing route who are, have considered it um the marketing side, is there anything that you wish you would have known? Sure. Marketing is pretty hard. I think when you're, you know, a one person team and you don't have another team of people with you to help do that, which is, I guess, one of the downsides of self-publishing if you really want to disseminate your writing. But for me, I think marketing, I relied heavily on social media at the time. So I tried to get the news out through my personal friends and family and, you know, friends have friends and that kind of um, (laughs) spiraled. And a lot of people heard about that because I think a lot of people have ideas in their head that they want to get out, but it's very few who follow through with it. And when that actually happens, it's like, you know, a big landmark. And that's something that other people want to celebrate with you. So that was really cool. And I was able to really get the news out that way. Um, I also have a website called carolinethewriter.com, and that's something that I also advertise my book a little bit on that website. Um, But I guess just providing 
ways for people to discover your book. So I actually didn't know that it showed up in the top 10 that you talked about. That's really cool, actually. Um, but I think like once you put it out there, once it's available on Amazon, um, I think it also shows up on Goodreads automatically too. So once you actually do the act, it just proliferates sometimes by itself. Like it shows up on websites of foreign bookstores that I didn't know about until I accidentally <laughs> found it. And I think it all starts with creating a method or a way for other people to find your book, maybe accidentally online. And then that just kind of reproduces on itself. But you definitely do have to do the initial marketing in the beginning or else nobody's going to you know, know that it happened in the first place. So the beginning part, I think, is the most important. And then after that, it kind of multiplies by itself. So would you say consistency is an important factor? Do you constantly post things on your socials to keep it going? Or is it more of an organic thing now that you've had it? My personal experience is that it was more organic. I am guilty in this, but I'm not a very consistent poster. So <laughs> I didn't really do that when I was marketing my book. But in the beginning, I was more consistent. But I think after mm -hmm. that, for me, maybe I just got lucky. But uh, for me, after that, it was much more of an organic spiral. So I didn't have to mm -hmm. do a lot of posting after that. Well, you're in the right career because I don't know that any, I don't think I've spoken to any writer or author that's been really consistent on purpose in their, <laughs> in their social media marketing, unless, you know, their agent tells them that they need to or, or they're trying to promote something. So you're in good company is what I'm saying. And, and there is hope for you out there who find social media to be extremely daunting because I've had to deal with that myself too. And there's ways you can schedule ahead and um, make sure that you're not constantly focusing on that. So um, this is a really great conversation. I think it's been super helpful. Um, Caroline, do you have any um, overarching advice to young authors or young writers who aspire to be an author, but think maybe they're just not old enough, don't have the experience enough to, to let something out? Yeah. I mean, as Nike says, just do it. I think you, you just have to start somewhere. Um, if you don't, it's the hardest part is just starting because once you actually start, the ideas just keep coming and it's okay if your writing is horrible in the beginning or you're like, this is never going to make it anywhere because yeah, I mean, for the most part, the initial writing isn't going to make it anywhere. That's like the whole point. And writing is a, is a very long process. And what's something that I would recommend young, you know, writers to do if they want to get their work eventually published is just to word vomit, like just write down what you want to actually make it in, write down what's in your head, like the scenes that you're imagining, the dialogue that's going on, even if it doesn't have any context with it, you can come up with that later, because you might find that you leave behind a few gems, like certain ideas in your writing that doesn't make sense where it is right now, but you can take that out and weave it into something more elegant later on. And what's most important is just starting because you always have that second chance of coming back and revising it. But if you don't start at all, you're never going to have that chance to come back and edit it because yeah, it's really important to just start because if you don't, it's just not going to happen. Can't do anything with a blank page. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, uh, I would have to agree. And I think there is no age limit. If there's anything that this podcast has proven, there is no age minimum either. <laughs> there are yeah. writers of all backgrounds, all ethnicities, all, I mean, genders, ages. It's, it's a game for everybody. 
And if yeah. you have something that is applicable and relatable, which likely if you have a story to tell, it's going to be relatable to a large group of humanity because we're all humans. Um, it's it's up to you to keep writing. That's one of the models of this uh, podcast is to write on. Um, and that's what you said, word vomit, which maybe is a more <laughs> abrasive way to say it, but true nonetheless. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that. And um, before we wrap up, I want to ask um, for those who think, oh man, Caroline is so cool. I want to be more part of her community. How can we connect with you? Um, yeah, so I just have my blog that's going on. It's very casual. It's just carolinetheriter.com. Um, I did get off of Instagram, so I'm, I'm not part of that community anymore, unfortunately. But um, that's pretty much like my only public social is that blog. And then um, I am on Amazon as an author profile. And then I like to interact on Goodreads as well. Yeah, get on Goodreads, get her, get her at it. We'll have that in the show notes as well for um, the writer, or excuse me, the viewers, <laughs> the writers. I guess you all are writers too. I mean, that's yeah. why you're listening. But um, thank you so much for going on. And I just want to to reiterate that it's, you know, it's it's different for every person, but you'll definitely see patterns in in the advice that we get on this show, and especially from Caroline. So thank you for coming on the show, Caroline. And sure, uh, stick around, but for, yeah, I'm so glad um, for the rest of you listeners out there who are aspiring right on can you see ways to improve your writing process already thanks for joining us on this excellent episode of am i right for more information about the podcast guests or upcoming episodes follow the show on twitter instagram and linkedin right on word wizards